Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Fab Bod Squad, the body positivity podcast for those wanting to feel more beautiful in the skin they're in. I'm your host, Sarah Hollingworth, and I'm here to help you along your journey towards body love. In this first episode of the Fab Bod Squad, we'll be delving into the subject matter of body image, an issue of concern for many young women in today's society. Coming up on today's episode, I'll be talking to Ashley Bennett, otherwise known as the body image therapist, to get her insights as to how her work in art psychotherapy has assisted her clients in improving their sense of body image and having a deeper look into the issue itself. Later on, I'll also be sitting down to chat with Jessie Williams, my personal trainer and women's health coach, regarding the impact that mindset can have on a woman's body image and health goals and her thoughts on the health at every size movement. I also hit the streets to find out what exactly is the most common and potentially biggest body image concern among young women. But before we get into all of that, first of all, I'd like to kick things off with our first segment called If You Haven't Already, a segment in which I bring to you a review of an inspirational book, documentary, TV show, movie or person that if you haven't already should check out. Hey guys, Sarah here and welcome to If You Haven't Already, the segment where I let you in on the best inspirational books, documentaries, TV shows, movies and influential people worth checking out. Today I'd like to focus on a book by Jess Baker, a powerful voice in the body positivity movement. Her book, Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls, is a must read for anyone starting out on their journey towards body positivity and self-love, much like myself. Whilst the title may suggest that the book is exclusively written for those possessing a curvier shape, the book is actually written to be a handbook for all women of all shapes, sizes and ages on how to live an unapologetic life by being proud of your body. Baker's mission for the book is to help empower women on their journey towards rejecting the negative perceptions perpetuated by society surrounding women's weight and rather place the emphasis back on the importance of preserving your mental health. Baker also addresses the poignant notion that perhaps body shaming those in larger bodies may actually be just another method by which society can prevent women from breaking through that glass ceiling of life. If any book is going to make you feel more empowered in the skin you're in, this is it. Despite some arguments from Baker regarding obesity and health, being slightly on the controversial side, I think all in all, Baker's use of research and her relaxed blog-style tone really assists her readers to feel as though she's the friend here to hold your hand along the journey towards feeling more confident in the skin you're in. This one is a fab read for sure. Definitely one to add to your list of must-reads. I rate it a 7 out of 10. With the influence of the general media, social media and society consistently conveying the narrative that a woman's worth is no more than what she weighs and how she looks, it's any wonder the body image issues have increased over the past 30 years. 
With such unrealistic images, I sat down to talk with Ashley Bennett, an art psychotherapist who specialises in body image issues to better understand body image issues and how she helps young women overcome these issues through art psychotherapy. Hi, Ashley, and welcome to the Fab Bod Squad. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited. First of all, I'd like to start out by having you introduce yourself a little bit, Ashley. So my name's Ashley, as you mentioned. I am an art psychotherapist and I focus in the area of body image and eating disorders, disordered eating, um, self-acceptance, all things like that. But I also work in general mental health because these things intertwine. So how would you define body image issues? So the typical definition is the way that you think and you feel about your body. But what's important to recognise is that our brain is actually a very complex place and it exists. You know, it's made up of neural networks. It's made up of white and grey matter. It's a physical thing within our brain. So our body image is stored in our brain with these very physical pathways. So that's why when we say change your body image, it doesn't happen overnight. You are literally rewiring your brain. So you can imagine it like a super highway. You know, there are cars going down it every single day, morning and night. It's a path that you know very very well and your body knows that path very well in terms of your body when you start laying down these new tracks you know maybe a couple of cars will go down it you know once a day but over time they start realizing that like oh there's this new road that I want to go down and it's actually more scenic and more enjoyable and so our brain starts shifting and changing and it stops using those old neural paths and in favor of the new ones your brain is a physical thing it takes time to change And how does art psychotherapy help young women dealing with body image issues? Essentially, we focus on more than the cognitive, but art therapy, because it's such a tactile therapy, it engages other areas of the brain. So the sensory areas of the brain, we become aware of touch and temperature and pressure. And we can also access areas of the brain that have more to do with symbology. And it's just a more of a whole brain therapy rather than just talking, because talk can be quite limited in terms of expression. So the way that that helps with body image is that we can start focusing on our actual internal feelings and our sensations to express rather than just giving it words. So something that's happening now in the body image field is we're starting to move away from just working on our thoughts about our body and we're starting to focus on embodiment which means going into the body and exploring the sensations and that you actually have a very rich inner life and art therapy can help people to explore that. And from your experience working as an art psychotherapist, what are some of the reasons for why women tend to develop body image issues? There are so many reasons, but in a nutshell, a lot of it has to do with um, the culture that we live in social media, media, also the way that we were brought up with our family. So if we had a mother who was, you know, obsessed with the way that she looked, that can impact your body image. And also it's a sort of a bi-directional loop, but self-esteem has a big role in body image. So if you had low self-esteem to begin with, you can develop body image issues. Or if you've 
started developing body image issues from, say, a trauma, which is also quite prevalent, you may develop low self-esteem because of the body image. So it turns into this bi-directional feedback loop. What are the most prevalent body image issues you tend to see? People just really not liking the way that they look and thinking that they need to do something to change the way they look so they feel better. Something that I really communicate to people is that it's about shifting their mentality and shifting the beliefs and the thoughts that they have about their body because they may not actually match up to what exists. So it's really looking at discrepancies in people's thinking and just helping people feel better in the body that they're existing in. And in terms of prevalence, um, body image issues, the statistics say that, especially for young people, it's in one of their top three concerns for life. It's just out of this world ridiculous. You just mentioned before as well, I noticed you were saying that, you know, it's all about changing your mindset because a lot of people see themselves a particular way, but it's not necessarily how they look on the outside. So on that note, I was going to ask, why do you believe body dysmorphia is so damaging to a woman's body image and mental health? Body dysmorphia, it takes up so much of your brain space. And so when we're looking at how much a mental health issue impacts someone's life, if it's significantly impacting their ability to function in their everyday life, you know, they don't want to leave the house, they feel reluctant to engage with people, we start seeing that as a pretty significant issue. So why do you think that the media often portrays body image issues as something that that exclusively affects only those with a curvier shape? Mm, That's a really big one, that only women or whatever you identify as in bigger bodies would feel terrible about their body. And from the people that I work with and the research, it doesn't really matter what someone else perceives you to look like. You could be all of the beauty ideals under the sun and still feel terrible within yourself. Women who um, experience that level of distress, that's when we start looking a little bit deeper because like I mentioned before, it's actually got nothing to do with the way that your body looks. If you've experienced trauma within your body, you can actually project those feelings from the trauma onto your body. And so your body just becomes this amorphous, projected state that you don't know how to deal with. That goes to show that body image doesn't actually have anything to do with the way that you look. It's the way that you perceive the way you look. And that's all a mental internal job. How does one develop internalised weight stigma and what exactly is internalised weight stigma? Yeah, so we're starting to hear a lot more, especially within healthcare, this concept of weight stigma. So for a long time, the medical industry and health promotion have spoken about what we call the obesity epidemic. And I'm saying that in air quotes because that language can be very stigmatising to people in larger bodies. And it's coming out of the, the research is being backed by movements like the Health at Every Size, where we're actually looking at health behaviours and the way that someone... Um, feels within their body rather than how they look and we want to start uncoupling health and weight. So what happens out in the media when we're constantly talking about weight and health as if they're something that's together, we start creating narratives that can be really damaging for people who are living in larger bodies. It comes down to stereotypes where people in larger bodies may be perceived as being, you know, lazy and unintelligent and sloppy and, you know, they've got no self-control. And so when that happens, we 
start perceiving people and treating them differently. That's weight stigma in general. Internalised weight stigma is where people who are in larger bodies actually start believing those things about themselves and that's all that they can see. And ironically, and this is what people find really interesting, is that having internalised weight stigma and being weight stigmatised actually leads to more bulimic symptoms and very low calorie diets and eating disorder behaviours, which aren't actually health promoting at all. So a lot of the time people think, oh, you know, if we shame someone who's in a larger body and make them aware of all the risks that we're actually improving their health, but it has shown to be quite the opposite. And what would you say is the biggest misconception about body image issues? That people who experience them just don't like the way that they look and that they should be focusing on something else, that it's a very minor issue. And how can women best overcome these body image issues? So the first one is not minimising how it feels and the distress that you may feel about it. It's not ridiculous that you're obsessed with your body. It's okay that you are because we live in an environment that encourages that you're not ridiculous for feeling pain in regards to your body and wishing your body to be different. So the first thing I would suggest is really acknowledging that. And then the second one is go and see a therapist and get some counselling and really work with someone who can help you unpack these experiences in your body from a non-judgmental point of view and they're not going to think you're ridiculous and just dramatic and like oh it's a phase that you'll grow out of because as we know a lot of women don't grow out of body image issues it's something that goes on forever in terms of what you can do at home get on social media and start cleansing your social media feed so start following accounts that promote body diversity start seeing that bodies exist in all shapes and sizes follow lots of different kinds of bodies learn about body positivity Um, Learn about positive body image. There's so many resources online. Just start absorbing yourself and also listen to podcasts. For example, this one. What advice could you give to our listeners today who might not know where to start? Evaluate your social media feed. That is going to be the biggest one. If you're constantly consuming images that just look like one particular body type, that is the body type that you think is going to be the most appropriate body type for you. And so once you start shifting the image that you have in your brain, you start looking at your body and you're like, oh, my body's actually fine. Thank you so much for coming today, Ashley, and for being a part of the Fab Bot Squad. Thanks, Sarah. Every woman, to some extent, has experienced body image issues throughout her life. To understand body image issues better, I went straight to the source and hit the streets to ask women the tough question, what's your biggest body image issue? To try and discover what's the most common body image issue among young women. What's your biggest body image issue? Um, I never really liked my thighs too much. What is your biggest body image issue? Um, probably having small boobs. What is your biggest body image issue? Um, my biggest body image issue is probably my height. Uh, I'm under five foot, so that's way under the average, but I usually push that aside. 
another one's my weight. I probably have the opposite to most people, in my opinion. I'm scared that I'm too, like, skinny. Like, I want to be more, you know. I am a bit, like, underweight, but it's a struggle I'm trying to get over, yeah. So what is your biggest body image issue? I think my stomach and thighs. What is your biggest body image issue? Growing up surrounded by perfect blondie girls, the biggest image was my weight and I've learned to accept it over time and it fluctuates, but I'm happy with it now. From that, I think it's safe to say that no two body image issues are the same. Every woman is different and the steps to overcoming each issue is different because it's unique to you. You're listening to the Fab Bod Squad. I'm your host, Sarah. Our next guest is Jessie Williams, my personal trainer and women's health coach. With what feels like a new diet being promoted on social media by influencers every single day, it's no surprise the profound impact that diet culture is having on the development of body image issues. With a focus on teaching women self-love, body confidence and giving her clients flexible nutrition and workout plans, I sat down to chat with Jessie in her beautiful home on the Mornington Peninsula about the impact that mindset can have on a woman's body image and health goals and the significance of having an unhealthy relationship with food and low body confidence. Hi, Jessie. Thanks for being on the Fab Bold Squad podcast. How are you going today? I'm going really, really well. Thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So I'd just like to start out just to give our audience a bit of context as to what you do. Would you mind explaining your role? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually a face-to-face personal trainer. I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Um, On top of that, I'm also a women's health coach, which I work with a lot of women online around Australia, I suppose. And, And we do a lot of health, fitness and a bit of mind set work as well. So I'm just going to kick it off with the first question. What do you believe should be addressed first to achieve body positivity? A woman's mindset or their fitness? That's a hard one. I'm probably going to say their mindset. I, I don't believe it can go the other way. I don't believe that you can have fitness without the mindset work, but I also think that the fitness really, really helps with the mindset stuff. But I guess in short, I would say mindset has to be addressed first because if someone's just focusing purely on their fitness and they're not doing the mindset stuff as well, they're generally not going to get to a place of feeling positive if they don't have the tools to know how to do so. How would you say mindset impacts not only women's health and fitness goals, but also their sense of their body image? Um, I would say that mindset, obviously, as you said, can affect health and fitness goals because if someone's got a poor mindset, then they're going to find it hard to be compliant to their health and fitness goals if they're not feeling generally great. But as you said, it does also affect their body image as well. So if they're not constantly having the tools to implement to know how to look at their body in a more positive way, then generally they're going to start having a poorer sense of body image, especially girls find it really, really easy to slip into patterns of talking bad to themselves and about their bodies and using quite negative language. So we want to work on the mindset so they have the tools in place to be able to look in the mirror and talk positively to themselves and stuff like that. So I guess if that's not happening, then there can become some issues there. 
And how do you help your clients to achieve a more positive mindset? Say if they're thinking very negatively about their body image and about their capabilities in reaching their health and fitness goals. How do you help them overcome those issues? So we do a lot of work, which we do mindset work on something I like to call moving out of a fixed mindset into a growth mindset. The first step is to just be consciously aware in the first place. So you can actually make huge improvements in mindset just by being aware of your thoughts. So it's a matter of whenever you find yourself in a fixed mindset, which is where you've got a mindset that something can't be changed or I'll always be overweight or something like that versus a growth mindset in saying I'm not where I want to be and it might be hard to change my body or my mind, but I can do so. So it's about getting them to just be more aware that they're not putting themselves in a fixed position. And then it's also about getting them to change their language. And that simple change of language is extremely way a different way to look at the exact same situation. And the same thing can be done with your body and your appearance and stuff like that. Um, So we do a lot of mindset work in relation to their body and what language do they use when they're looking in the mirror and how they talk about themselves and stuff. So I guess a majority of the work we do comes down to just being aware of their thoughts and making sure that they're starting to take control of the language they use with their thoughts. And then we also implement our mindset tools with things like meditation, daily affirmations, journaling, daily gratitude and things like that as well. Like, yeah, I've been getting more into meditation and stuff. And I find that when you do kind of focus on your breath and the way that feels within the body and things like that, and I think stress as well can also attribute to negative body image and things like that. It really does kind of help you get out of that mindset of, oh, you know, I'm never going to get to this particular goal. And you kind of sit there and you go, I can achieve this. I just have to take time for me, focus on the positives and anything is possible. So long as you do have, as you were saying, the growth mindset. Um, Why is health and fitness important for improving your sense of body positivity? I think for a lot of people, you need to be focusing on your health and fitness because when you're doing something which is moving your body or nourishing your body in a positive way, that's a form of self-love. And it's really, really hard to not do things from a loving point of view for yourself and not feel positive about your body in the process. So I think that making sure you're eating good foods or you're moving your body and stuff like that is going to make you acknowledge that you are treating your body with respect. And a lot of the time when you acknowledge that you're treating your body with respect you generally do have better body confidence as well I think too with with health and fitness because of the endorphins that it releases when you go and you do an amazing workout women focus so much on like this ideal got weight but that doesn't necessarily bring you any happiness it is just the way you feel from within if you feel healthy and you feel like you you're strong within your body through fitness and things like that I think that has a better impact on your sense of body confidence and body positivity than reaching a goal weight as a health and fitness professional what are your thoughts on the health at every size movement This one's hard because I'm all for it. I do believe that to an extent you can be healthy any size, um, especially mentally healthy. I mean, I don't believe that you have to have a certain body type 
at all. You don't need to be a certain weight. What the scale says has no direct reflection of how you feel about yourself on the inside and your level of self-worth. So in terms of mental health, I absolutely agree with that. In terms of physical health, I believe that there is somewhere that you draw the line only because for a lot of the time, if there is a direct link and that's science backed that once you get to a certain weight, you are putting yourself at risk of, you know, heart disease and things like that as well. So in terms of physical health, I think that weight doesn't really matter to the extent that we do, especially because for us, we have women who are size 12, uh, you know, a size 14, and they think that they're incredibly unhealthy. It's not necessarily the case. It's not always about your dress size. It's not always about the number on the scale. It's about what are you feeding your body with? Are you moving? Are you in a good mental position and stuff like that as well? Because I think a lot of time women might not be the ideal dress size that they want to be. Um, They might not have a scale which reflects the exact number that they want to be, but they can still absolutely be healthy if they're exercising and they're feeding their body right and stuff like that. And if they feel good about who they are on the inside, then absolutely they're healthy. Do you believe that those that have an unhealthy BMI can still be healthy? Absolutely. So we still use BMI. A lot of health professionals still use BMI, but it is very, very outdated. With BMI, it generally, all it takes into account is your height and your weight. So it doesn't actually take into account the composition of your weight. If you are just taking BMI into consideration and you're not taking any other measurements into consideration, then yeah, it's not not very accurate on its own. You kind of need to be taking into other things as well. How do you feel? How do you look? How much energy do you have? How much muscle mass versus body fat do you have on your body? So in relation to BMI, something we use, which is I find a little bit more accurate now is your body fat percentage. What influence do you believe diet culture has had on the development of body image issues? I think diet culture has had a huge impact on body image um, issues because health and fitness kind of just started peaking and peaking and peaking and then it became more popular and then more diets started popping up and then social media came into play and over time we've really just seen a rapid increase in diets and then because of that diet culture and because diet culture almost peaked at the same time that social media was peaking as well there is so much comparison happening between who's doing this what diet are they on which one's working and then you're seeing people who look amazing and have these incredible bodies and they're talking about this new diet that they're on it creates this perception of girls thinking that if they follow the same diet as someone else who has a body that they're aspiring to then they can have that too and also it's because these girls are talking about diets and they're seeing these incredible bodies but they're forgetting that they're seeing these bodies in still images they're not seeing them day to day when they've just rolled out of bed they're not seeing them hunched over when they've got an extra roll or two you know they're not seeing them in bad lighting they're seeing the best lighting the best angles the best outfits and stuff like that so all they're seeing is a perfect body and what diet that person's on and it's making them want to kind of fall into the same lifestyle I suppose when it's not necessarily needed at all or what's best for them and their own body and their needs and their lifestyle because we're all so very different what impact can an unhealthy relationship with food have on a woman's mindset and body image Unhealthy food relationships are hands down one of the biggest issues I come across in my line of work um, and having body image issues and stuff like that. I think because when you have a really, really poor relationship with food, which is something that is unavoidable, you you need to eat and nourish your body every single day. You're eating multiple times throughout the day. So it's something which is occurring frequently and can't necessarily just be avoided. So if you've got a bad relationship with food, which is something you're encountering all the time, food can become quite 
obsessive and on people's minds a lot. And what happens is if you have that poor relationship, then when you eat something that, you know, you don't have a good relationship with, you can create a lot of feelings of guilt, disappointment and things like that. And almost shame yourself if you consume something which you deemed as bad or unhealthy or something like that. And then that just creates a cycle of just feeling low and poor about yourself. And then if you're feeling guilty, then you often refer that back onto your body and how you look at your body and you start feeling not so great about how you look on the outside or which just stem from you consuming something which in your mind was unhealthy or a bad food choice. What is intuitive eating and why is it so important for achieving self-love? So intuitive eating is a matter of, I guess, moving away from the diet culture and it's starting to go back to your body signals and your own biofeedback that your body naturally has inbuilt within you to tell you when you're hungry, when you're full, what you're feeling like, uh, where's your energy at and all that sort of thing. So it's a matter of trying to, I guess there are guidelines in trying to obviously eat majority whole foods and as healthy as you can. But being open to if you want something that's, you know, a bit sweeter or a bit more calorie dense, then that's okay. There's no punishment involved. It's totally just about going with the flow and feeding your body wholesome, nourishing foods, being okay with, I guess, eating carbs, eating fat, you know, there's nothing's off limits and stuff. And it is about building a really, really healthy relationship with food. So I think it's important in achieving self-love because when you begin to learn how to eat in a way that your body is telling you it wants to eat and what it feels best on then that's an act of self-love in itself well thank you for joining us on the fab bod squad today jesse thank you for having me i've loved having a chat to you today Sadly, we have come to the conclusion of our first episode. What an exciting way to kickstart the Fab Bod Squad podcast journey. I'd like to thank our amazing guests, Ashley Bennett and Jesse Williams, for their awesome insights in relation to body image issues. With some TLC, I think we can all take away some useful tips on our journey towards body love. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode and I hope to have you with me again soon for another exciting episode of the Fab Bod Squad.